What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Corner 3 Podcast, episode 40. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Alex Derrickson, and joining me this week is Tim Daniel. Alex, we're, according to reports today, one step closer to the prophecy. Ah, we'll probably get into that in just a second, but it does look like Chris Paul has mutual interest in the Spurs. And joining us to round out the Corner 3, Sean Mackey. How's it going, Alex? It's going well. You you excited? You're about to take a you're about to take a little bit of a sabbatical. <laughs> I am. You're about, to, you're about to take a one week sabbatical. By the time you listen to this, everybody, Sean Mackey will be a married man. This is the this is the last single Sean podcast. It before, is. It before is. Before we do what what Greg Popovich thinks the Golden State Warriors do, and that is fill up on Sundays and Coke. <laughs> yeah. You excited? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, are you so? Are, are you excited to like just get it done? Are you excited to do the act? Like I'm, I'm excited. Exci- I am excited for the the whole uh, shebang. But um, yeah, it's uh, it hasn't really hit me yet. Honestly, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Probably won't for a while. It pro- pro- probably won't until it'll be like you know two months afterwards. I'm like, man, I got married and stuff. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be next February, and you're gonna be like, we gotta plan that wedding. It's in two months. <laughs> yeah, I uh, it, it's like I was leaving work today, and I was sitting there thinking to myself, I, like it doesn't even feel like like. You know, I'm going to I'm going to Mexico, so it's like I'm not even like that's like barely even on my mind because there's so much to go on before that, and then it's gonna be like okay, let's pack and go. <laughs> and not to mention, you're in Mexico during the NBA Finals. I know, I know, but you know what? You guys, you guys are gonna are gonna do something real special that week. Yeah, we are. Oh God, I no one's told me about this. I don't either. Yes. No. Yes, yes. Well, you guys are just ready for this. This is the Quarter Three podcast. Each and every week, it does post every Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And the three of us get together to talk about the one thing Cincinnati has no interest in: professional basketball. And like I said, every single Friday, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can go to the Quarter Three dot net where you can listen to all of our other back issues and see all the other stuff we've done throughout the year. Let's get right into it, Tim. What is your topic? All right, man. So, obviously, you know, we now know one of the teams in the finals. Um, by the time the show airs, there will probably be two teams in the finals because, let's be honest here, Boston is way ahead of their game. Uh, in game three, Cleveland looked bad game three. And uh, Boston just had two fa- two halves so far this series where they looked really good in game three at the uh, second half and the first half of game four. But other than that, the one thing we can say for how bad LeBron looked in game three and how amazing Kyrie Irving was in Game 4, and how good Kevin Love has been. Guys, I feel like we should talk a little bit more about Tristan Thompson and his evolution. So, when you look at Tristan Thompson's stats, they're probably not jaw-dropping by any stretch. He's a 9.9 rebound guy, but he's one of those guys that Sean kind of refers to at times as a glue guy. He's one of those guys that does the little things, and... I kind of want to take my topic today to kind of take a second to really talk about how good Double T really is at what he does for, this, for the Cavaliers. Now, this one, let's talk about the fact that this guy has a ton of longevity. Since his rookie year, the only time he's only missed four games since his rookie year, and now it's not during the Cavs' rest gate when uh, that was the big dilemma this year. Um, he is maybe, I mean, in my opinion, you know, there's probably some guys that you could probably put in that argument. The best offensive rebounding round, rebounding big man in the game. He's just so good on the offensive glass. He really is really good at boxing out. Um, last year's NBA Finals, he definitely had his Kurt Rambis moment where he just blew up for a couple games. Uh, and I think the only flaw really we can say about Tristan Thompson these past few years is the fact that he's dating a Kardashian. But his <laughs> You know, he was known as a big man that couldn't shoot free throws. He's up to about 71% right now, which not great, but pretty damn good for what we're seeing from a lot of big men in the league right now. Um, he's getting, you know, he's really is. And then his um, VORP, which is value above replacement player, is a little over one in the playoffs, which that could really play a lot right now. So I want to take some time to talk about Tristan Thompson. Just say, like, I'd appreciate you, man, and keep doing what you're doing. When you said his VORP, I was like, oh, he has a pet robot? Yeah. <laughs> No, and I mean, like, with, with Tristan Thompson, I know the one thing that we, we kind of shed on him with last season was that contract. Mm-hmm. And he he's definitely one of those dudes that, that earns his money in the postseason, it seems like. You know, like, during the regular season, he lays low, he plays his role, he, you know, he serves as the glue, as, as we put it. But it's it's in the playoffs where he is such an instrumental part of that rotation. 
That, and you got to think, for everyone on this team, um, obviously saying this about LeBron isn't fair, but they have a backup at every position just about. You know, point guard, you have Darren Williams. Shooting guard, you have Shump. Small forward, you have a couple of guys you can play there, but really none of them are LeBron, so it doesn't matter. Power forward, you have Channing Fry. You really don't have a big-time one for the Cavaliers. I know Channing Fry plays a little five there because of his height, but he also doesn't, you know, Thompson's really the one guy that doesn't have a true backup on the team, so he does carry a lot of luggage on his shoulders. Sean? Sorry, I, I broke off there, guys. That's uh, all right. Uh, just Tristan Thompson, you know, his contract, what he provides to the team as, as he contributes to the postseason. You know, how are you feeling about old Double T-Burger? Oh, he's he's been great this year. Um, you know, I like like Tim's been saying, he's kind of been he's been kind of an underrated glue guy over the last few years. Um, is he is he actually still dating a Kardashian? I thought he got rid of her. The report is that she wants to get married, and LeBron has said that he is against it. <laughs> well, if you guys would, if you well, if you'd like, currently my wife is watching the most recent episode downstairs. I can holler down the steps. Boo! Boo! Grace, come on. Come on, Grace, you're better than this. I cannot begin to tell you how much Kardashians I have seen. You've been keeping up. <laughs> as an unwilling participant at times, but no, you can always you can always break off. I uh, no, just tangentially speaking, I've gotten I, as I watch them, I try to link each person in the show to somebody I know. <laughs> and then it makes dealing with that person way easier. Okay. Okay. So if you ever if you ever if you ever stuck watching any sort of reality television, my advice to everyone, that's the way to do it. Is link it find all of the negative traits in the people on the show, connect them to people that you see on the regular, and then all of a sudden you just know how to handle them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Tristan Thompson. <laughs> right. Tim. So uh, I think my point more or less is just, like I said, I want to talk about how much we appreciate his game. This is a guy, like I said earlier, this is a guy who doesn't really have a true backup. I know, like I said, Fry will play some five a little bit. Kevin Love has had some little stretch five action, not too much. Um, and I think that, you know, he's going to play a, a huge part going into that finals because obviously before by the time this airs, Game 5 will be played. We don't have the results yet, but I'm going to go ahead and pretend the Cavaliers have already won Game 5, so when this goes up, we're okay. Oh, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, don't, don't, don't be that guy, Tim. I know, I know. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty close last night till the end of that game. Till so Ky- let's, uh... Till Kyrie went crazy? Till Kyrie went crazy, which happens from time to time. Yeah, he's super good at that basketball thing. But, um... <laughs> But, yeah, I think that, like, you know, going against big guys like Zaza and JaVale, um, Tristan Thompson's going to be a huge part of this game, obviously. Um, JaVale's had a really good year in Golden State, like like a lot of people have talked about. So I am really looking forward to, yes, this finals is going to be, most importantly, LeBron versus Kevin Durant. There's going to be the Steph and Kyrie's, Clay and Kyrie situations for sure. But I cannot wait to see that battle in the paint. Oh, Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's a huge advantage that the the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to have at the uh, at the center spot because you know I mean Javale McGee's been playing well. Let's not let's not right. you know say he's not been pretty pretty great this year. But uh, Tristan Thompson, man, he's uh, he's one of those guys that just really just gives it his all. He's getting those fifty fifty balls, and um, he's he's gonna he's gonna really probably hurt the Golden State Warriors, if I was going to make a wager right now, just in rebounding. Mm-hmm. Don't know how the whole thing is going to pan out now, okay? <laughs> right. right. I'm not going to go there yet, but I think uh, I, I think he's he's a big difference maker for the Cavs this season. Well, you're not here yeah, next I mean, week, or... so at some point we are going to need your prediction for the finals since you're not here next week. Okay, okay, good. We'll get to that later. Right. And and, and with all, all due respect to JaVale McGee and everything and what he's contributed and as he enters his first NBA Finals and everything, it, it is one of the few, I feel like, clear advantages Cleveland has is their, is their muscle down low because of Tristan Thompson. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. And I, I think that, like Sean said, that's going to be a pretty big contributing factor is, yeah, you're going to have... Kyrie versus Curry, and you'll have, you know, what Clay Thompson does is he signs more toasters. Uh, LeBron <laughs> Durant 
and then you've got Kevin Love and everything too. But I really think that this is a very, very good opportunity for Tristan Thompson to shine and kind of like muscle his way down low and take advantage of, of a few, I think, matchup issues. I'm with you, man. Let's do it. All right. So if we can, I want to move into my topic because I, I I don't want it to eat up a lot of the show, but I feel like there's a very good chance it can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting to see this a lot. Uh, 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 I want to talk about shitty hot takes. And I, I say hot takes as, a, as almost a pejorative because I, I feel sick when I say it. Uh, so th- th- this kind of sparked when Isaiah Thomas went down uh, in, in the series with Cavs in Boston and in game two. And then Boston comes back in and, you know, wins the next game. It started raising questions of, is Boston better without Isaiah Thomas? Or should Boston trade Thomas? Should Boston focus on a point guard? Uh, is Thomas right for right for this team? And then last night, Peter Rosenberg tweeted this gem of, quote, I think LeBron is likely the best ever, but let's be clear, Jordan never had anyone close to Kyrie. Sorry, Scotty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, now, maniacal laughter aside, I and the fact that you know we are we are three Bulls homers. That's pretty well documented throughout the other thirty nine episodes here. Uh, this kind of got me a little ticked solely because I I don't understand why we're constantly trying to compare players and I know I've hit on this before and why we just don't appreciate what we have and I feel like that I'll save that for a later episode but it's you're you're comparing apples and oranges and I also think you're trying to condense a controversial opinion into 140 characters or less uh, which I, I think leads to a lot of you know very strange worldviews like like Mr. Rosenberg has here. But I really what I want to get at is when you're just trying to analyze someone's whole body of work through one game or two games, it's such a myopic view, you know? And yeah. I kinda of wanted to get your guys' take on that and, and unpack this a little bit. See how you feel about about a lot of people trying to, you know, take it taking it to the tweets, if you will. You know what, Sean? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Sean, I'm gonna let you start this one because you're you're the Pippin guy. You know, this is this is your this is your repertoire here. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I just I don't know how you don't you don't you go out and make a statement like that and don't plan on getting just a a hype of just just a big heap of shit just thrown at you. You know, because I mean that seems like what he wanted. He wants to ruffle some feathers there, and you know. Scottie Pippen is not the best small forward of all time. He's the best. I, I think he's the best, uh, you know, kind of second guy. He's the best wing ever, man. He's the best wing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I, and he's, he's a top 10 period small forward. Okay. Mm-hmm. And not, not to take away from Kyrie. Kyrie is awesome. Like mm-hmm. he is way better than I ever thought he would be, but we're a little too early in Kyrie Irving's career to already be saying he's better than Scottie Pippen. But that, that at the same time though, that's like trying to say what's better peaches or Pepsi. I know. And I, and I completely, right? I completely agree. That's what, that's what makes the whole statement ridiculous. Well, and, and the statement's twofold too, right? Cause you're saying LeBron is likely the best ever, but also Kyrie is better than Pippen. Exactly. Right. So exactly. it's this weird twofold statement, and and I, I argue this all the time. That it's two different styles of play. It's two different styles, just contrasting styles of basketball being oh, yeah, played in the two eras. Yeah, different. And, the, and and as different you, roles. Yeah, and as, you know? if you as you stated on a, on a previous episode, it's a different era thing. You know, we can't really compare it. You know, there's no there's no hand checking or anything like that. I mean, it's a different era. Players have to play differently now, um, but I, I, I'm I'm kind of I'm just I you know the the Bulls Homer in me is just like really, really, <laughs> really right you know I mean we're looking at a guy who uh, who brought a team that was not very good almost to the NBA Finals and it was a it was a phantom foul call away from you know going past the Knicks, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it ruined, it ruined a whole series, you know, and that was, that was Scotty's best season. I'm not gonna, yeah. but any, anyways, anyways, yeah, I, I, it's, 
I just don't know how you go out and make a statement like that. <laughs> well, and, and then when you, you compare the two, because I still want to get into like Isaiah's role in Boston and everything, yeah. too, and kind of seeing how Boston's adapted to his injury, but it's it's very rare when you go back and watch like Bulls documentaries or anything like that where someone's like, Michael Jordan got four fouls in the first half and Scottie Pippen had to end up with 42 points, you know? Like, it, it was, it's never... I feel like when you watch like those Bulls teams, it's very seldom you ever see a game where it's like, oh, Jordan was off, so Pippen kind of had to bail the team out, which I think you kind of see sometimes mm-hmm. in, in the Cavs playoff series. But at the same time, that's a credit to Cleveland for having such an unbelievable balanced attack that when your best player in the world can you know get four fouls in the first half or like only have 11 points and a handful of assists and rebounds, you know, that somebody like Kyrie can step up or somebody like Kevin Love can step up or, or, you know, going back a few steps, Tristan Thompson can step up. Like, the, I think that Cavs team is much more rounded because, you know, after Jordan and then Pippen, you had Kukoc, Kerr, Harper. It becomes like, a, you know, a who, veritable who's who of, of role players. Do not disrespect Bill Weddington like that. He is a god. <laughs> I was speaking more about Jason Caffey. Oh, oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. Um, I'll say this, you know, like Alex, you made a great point as far as when things don't go well with with LeBron, Kyrie can step and do well, and Scottie Pippen was very similar to that. But I think the big difference between this argument here too, and like we said, it's different roles, it's different players, it's all this. But Scottie Pippen was never a defensive liability. Um, Kyrie is totally a defensive liability. And I think that that's, that's a huge thing in the argument for me, at least. Um, you know, like Sean mentioned. Good point. Good point, Tim. Yes. Pippen was not too far away from being the MVP that year. Like, he had a yeah. hell of a year. Um, yeah. And, I, I mean, if I don't think they would have beat that Rockets team if they had bounced past the Knicks, honestly. No, I but completely agree. I think that that, I mean, I think it would have been really cool for the Pippen legacy to say he did it without Jordan. Um, and, you know, and we're also going back on what Sean said. Pippen wasn't the isn't the best small forward ever, but when you look at the guys he was playing in that position, let's go from you know the eighties to the nineties. Like he had a lot of really good competition at that position. He hung with those guys. Uh, you can mention, you know, obviously those Pistons days, those teams he was playing against. The three he played against Worthy in the finals. He played against Grant Hill when Grant Hill was coming up. He, and you know he played against a lot of really good players. And Pippen always held his own and came to play and always had big games. And I think that that's something that's always disres- that kind of taken out of context here. Yeah, Kyrie is phenomenal. Kyrie is amazing. But I'll be honest with you guys, and I mean, I think it's fair to say between the three of us, um, I'm like the worst basketball fan ever because I kind of have Bulls and Cavs love in me, which is so bad of me. I'm going to hell. I'm Sorry, to- man. It's Reds and Cubs, remember? You're yeah. talking to this guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, I honestly think, you know, as a scorer, Kyrie's a top five point guard. As a all around, yeah, easy, easy. All, all around, after scoring, I think there's five guys I could pick that are better. Sure, I mean he he, but he at the same time though, like, like we've said, yeah, he's a defensive liability, but he does exactly what Cleveland yes. needs him to do. Right, much like Tristan Thompson, and let's, right. Let's not forget Scottie Pippen never had the handles Kyrie Irving does, nor does anyone else. Exactly. I mean, so and as I keep going back to the apples and oranges thing too, I mean you're. Arguing, it's it's you're arguing such contrasting beliefs almost. It's it's this whole you know I mentioned this in an episode in the past where Colin Coward put this stupid video up to try to say Russell Westbrook should have won MVP because guys like Andre Robeson and Steven Adams need his canter block people out for Russ to get the rebound win. Like yeah, that is their game plan, and it's like Russ's team won him the MVP and not Russ and this dumb shit like. We need to get past this Fox Sports One era of good sports takes that are not good. And um, just 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 end it all. Last night, even uh, when Kyrie, Amen, brother. <laughs> last night, even when Kyrie went nuts, Skip Bayless tweeted something about who's the real king in Cleveland. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. You draw a zero point zero rating for your television show right now. You know how bad that is. Really bad. I, sometimes I wish I could get Skip Bayless to unhinge his jaw like the snake that he is, just so I can shit down his throat. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you have people like Bayless and people like Stephen A. Smith who get paid just to say dumb shit, ham, ham-fisted yeah. comments. Yeah, I mean, that's what they're getting paid for. They're, yeah, I, I, I can't. It's, it's entertainment, and it, it's supposed to rile you up, right? Right, it's, right. right. I get and here that. we are. 
talking about it and saying their name three times like it's Beetlejuice to get them to appear. But like, it's it's just so mind boggling that there are people who are like it, it's it, who not just agree but like and not even just share the same opinions. I guess it's just they look for that little bit of an opening. Yeah. Yes, to yeah. kind of exploit it. And it makes them, to me at least, I, I don't see it as controversial and I don't see it as a contrarian opinion. I see it as almost uneducated, like, presentation. Yeah, it is. It is, man. Because it's, it's almost like it's almost like Skip Bayless is trying to be sports Trump on Twitter. Yeah. To an extent, yeah, where it's just like, oh, this will get them, take that. But, like, take that, Cavs fans. But... It's it's so bizarre, to, and, and I, I kind of want to move into to Boston here, to see someone try to judge, like I said, a, a, a person's body of work off of a game. Right. Like, in, instead of rewarding Boston for adapting in games three and four, it's now like, well, what about Isaiah Thomas? And to, to, I feel, to just extract Isaiah Thomas from the situation and be like, no, we pull, we want a game without you. We don't need you anymore. Uh, yeah. I, I imagine like, a lot of Boston people probably feel that way. <laughs> right, but, like, should they? No. No. It, right. So, like, I, I, that's why I kind of wanted to get with, with you guys, your guys' opinions on this kind of stuff, because, like, you know, how, how do you guys feel about this, like, mindset that one game makes the whole season? Well, one game also made Marcus Smart John Havlicek in Boston fans' eyes, too, so. <laughs> There's that, too. So, I mean, I understand you got to take the good with the bad, you know, but... To, to ignore, and I mean, even San Antonio's kind of seen this before, too. There was a, I saw someone posted, like, a tweet or a YouTube comment or something like that regarding, like, oh, Greg Popovich wants to be political. He just, he's clearly losing his coaching edge. And it's like, dude won 61 games without Tim Duncan, and I think even Popovich called out seven new players on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm very sick of myopic sports views. I, yeah, 100%, man. Um, you know, the Boston one specifically, too. I will say that they look like they play a little bit of defense in this small sample size we have uh, because Isaiah is definitely a tough, you know, we talk about Kyrie's defensive liability. We're, he, he's freaking Michael Cooper compared to Isaiah Thomas on defense. Um, Wolf. Yeah, you know, um, but. But that's, I think that's also like a height thing, too. You know? Yeah, I it mean, definitely it is. It's incredibly it completely undersized. Is. Yeah. Completely. Completely, it is. Um, but. I think that, you know, it's just and it's just flavor of the week, small sample size things. We see it in baseball all the time, too, where, you know, Yankees, like the guy for the Yankees right now, Aaron Judge, is a ton of home runs. All of a sudden, he's Babe Ruth after 41 games, you know, so <laughs> it's... Babe Ruth, huh? <laughs> right, exactly, you know. It's, um, people look, you know, and going back to LeBron's bad game there when, uh, game three, and, you know, when he was struggling a little bit in the first, uh, first half of game four... And it was the Ky- it's you know Kyrie Irving's team now you know it's just it's people that just react to the moment and say dumb things thinking that like yeah they're gonna get people behind me on this one and it's hilarious how dumb and how bad it is and you mentioned Popovich because he's the best at it because he does bring up eight guys on opening night that you're like I don't even know who the hell that is as we right. talked about three or four times this season on this show. Did any of us know who the hell Jonathan Simmons was before this year? Now he was starting in the Western Conference Finals. Right, and it's and not to mention they were down there, you know, they, it's it's the same as say like San Antonio doesn't get swept. Let's say San Antonio goes to seven games with Golden State. Are we going to sit here and have people debate should San Antonio keep Kawhi Leonard? Right. Should they not get Chris Paul? <laughs> it's right. There, there. It's just such ignorant statements, and I, I see it a lot too when people when they announce the uh, MVP finals, mm-hmm. uh, where they're like, it's. Harden, Westbrook, and Kawhi. Who's your pick for MVP? And you see people like LeBron. Like, <laughs> sweet, sweet take, dude. That wasn't a choice. Right. Like, <laughs> just, what the fuck? Did you also write in Harambe? But... Probably. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Or Matt Hardy. But yeah, and, uh, 
So I just kind of want to get your guys' take and, and feel on that and see how you feel about the way sports media is kind of being presented and the way people kind of look for these exploitative ways to, you know, ruffle some feathers. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I touched a lot on that and uh, my, my thoughts there. I think it more or less is, you know, it's, it's like us being this small podcast. We see these big podcasts that just do the dumbest shit and they get so much recognition. Where little guys like us are like, hey, we pay attention to all aspects. We do our best to make it. But you guys said awful things like LeBron can't shoot because his hairline's gone. And all of a sudden it's like a huge deal. Well, I've got diagrams that can back that up. Okay. Just diagrams upon diagrams. But uh, just to kind of, you know, ruffle your feathers, Tim, you know how people hate Joey Votto because he only goes on base. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that and, um, what's the other one? Well, he does this job. That makes me so angry. People hate Andy Dalton because he doesn't scramble. And I'm like, he's a he's a quarterback. He he doesn't throw the interceptions either. It's, it's okay. Yeah, uh-huh. so... Uh, real quick, before we move into Sean's topic, I, we, we mentioned it in passing, but mutual interest between Chris Paul and the Spurs. The prophecy is being fulfilled. I'm, I'm digging it, and I, I know we, we've talked a lot about said prophecy. Uh, I have not gone back. I've been trying, for, for those listening, I've been trying to create the prophecy roster through uh, just one year of free agency and in and, uh, and NBA 2K17. So far, no luck. The best I've come up with is uh, Kyle Lowry, and then I didn't get a shooting card. <laughs> and then uh, it was uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, Kawhi Leonard, and Greg Monroe. So I, I thought that would round out a nice like set of players Popovich would coach, but I'm, I'm still trying to get that Chris Paul-Greg Monroe combo. Yeah. I mean, it's all about just competing with the Warriors at this point, right? You know, Especially, you know, what's going to happen with Manu? I think Manu is probably going to retire. Um, and if he does, yeah. hopefully so. He's had a hell of a career. He's a Hall of Famer yeah. in my eyes. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, if he comes back, that's a lot of money the Spurs are kind of responsible for. If he doesn't, that's not just an extra pa- cash, but there's some space there. Um, I, I think I saw that. Maybe I have this wrong. I think Patty Mills is, in a, is a free agent this year, too. So. That, I believe so. Yeah, that should play a part, too. I know the Popovich has really talked about what she likes, Deontay Murray, uh, the guy he took in the first round last year, who could probably make Tony Parker, too. But, um, this, you know, the mutual interest is great. Now, there are going to be some salary cap things the Spurs will have to do to make it happen. But, like I've said and went on my tangent in a previous episode, I think this is the best place for CP3. I think this is a place where he can go play with a great talent, one of the two or three best players in the league, and Kawhi Leonard, and he can really get his last hoorah and his last chance to win a title. And I, I think adding uh, a pass-first point guard, like like at the level of Chris Paul, too, is only going to, you know, kind of, like you've said, bring Kawhi, uh, Kawhi up to that next level. Mm-hmm. And also just the idea of, you know, pick and rolls with Paul and Aldridge, kind of, you know. You just gave me the basketball boner. Yeah, I was going to say, it brings me to, like, a three-quarters mast yeah. if, if my pants were a ship. Uh, so Sean, <laughs> following that, fo- following, following boner talk here, uh, what's your topic? Well, I, I kind of wanted to touch on, on Chris Paul a little bit. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's not, let's not move on yet. Scratch uh, that. <laughs> Fuck your topic. Fuck you your topic. Chris exactly. Paul the Spurs. Okay. I, I feel like I, I'm not going to, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here. Okay, sure. like I, I really do want to see Chris Paul on the Spurs, but I, honest to God, do not see him leaving with the contract that is at stake in L.A. Well, I'm pretty sure once the rumor got announced, the uh, Clippers hired the three fates from Disney's Hercules to like cut the hair to tear his knees. <laughs> <laughs> it's immediately what I saw. I was like, oh shit, they're gonna do some voodoo. I mean, I mean, he can sign a a, de- a five year deal with the Clippers for two hundred and ten million dollars. That is an insane amount of money. Okay, but that is if he decides he doesn't he doesn't want to win a title. He wants to go the Carmelo Anthony route and says, you know what, I'm I just want to make money, you know, or uh, Al Jefferson, another guy. I just want to make money. Those guys, those guys who took those those big money contracts and stayed on teams that probably weren't going to get over the hump. But if he signs with the Spurs, the most they could probably pay him is four years, $153 million. So that's a big 
price discrepancy right there. On top. And in NBA 2K, 2K whatever year we're on here, it's uh, it's four years, 133 million. Well, I'm, 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 I'm I know I've had I've been trying to do this for like a week now. <laughs> I, I yeah, but I mean, on top of that, this this extra pay bump that he's going to get, he sure. he pretty he, he pretty much. I mean, he's in charge of the. Uh, you know the player is is it the players association? Um, uh, he's he's one of the rep. He's the he's the National Basketball Player Association president, and he negotiated a salary bump for players in his age bracket. Now this this is a to- <laughs> this is a this is a total Trump move right here. <laughs> okay, and tax just, breaks for himself. I just I just I just want to go ahead and say that that this was this was done solely probably we'll know what kind of person Chris Paul is this summer after he resigns with the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> and talks to Wayne Wade into going out there and and, and you know what? Maybe he will and maybe they'll just have fun. Maybe they'll just have fun. It's not going to be good fun, but they'll pretend it is. So I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. But anyways, let's get off this topic. I just wanted to, I just wanted. There's some complications with the Chris Paul to the Spurs thing. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of things. But if he decides he, he just loves basketball and wants to win at the game of basketball, he'll go to the Spurs. I agree. Anyway. All I'm going to say is him in a Spurs jersey. It's just one of those things, like when you see Al Jefferson in a Pacers jersey, you're just like, that makes sense. I get that. I'd like, be on the bandwagon. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 No, I've already, I already bought a real nice uh, shirt from Homage already. I'm already on that bandwagon. <laughs> a, year, a year early. A year early. Sponsor I mean, us, Homage. We buy all your <laughs> shit. Sponsor I, I, us. I, 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 I'm sad that my original uh, you know, preseason prediction that the Spurs would win the title uh, you know, has, has turned sour, but that, that was just because Kawhi was hurt. Yeah. So <laughs> that that was it. But anyways, so there was a little spat last night on <laughs> national television. <laughs> which, which is the past tense of spit, which involved two fat men eating. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. So so <laughs> last night, while <laughs> the four the four inside the NBA commentators, Ernie Johnson, Kitty Smith, Charles Barkley, and Shaq are all eating uh what it looks like dinner at their at their main commentary desk setup. Uh, they started they started talking about uh, you know the, the the playoff game that they had just witnessed, and Shaq just immediately starts going in and just you know starts going in on Barkley, you know saying oh yep well. You know, you don't know anything about this, uh, Chuck. You never, uh, you never won a title and everything. I just, I mean, it's great television, but there's gotta be they. There was something about the way that they were talking just didn't seem funny. Well, it it didn't seem funny, but then they laughed at the end of it, and I don't really know what's going on there. But it was it was pretty heated for a little while because Charles Barkley said that that Shaq was riding on coattails of Kobe Bryant and and Dwayne Wade and even Alonzo Mourning and Rick Fox <laughs> and Rick Fox he even name dropped Rick Fox, which which is you know and I. I, I get why Chuck has a chip on his shoulder. He didn't win a title. He's one of the greatest players of all times. One of the best power forwards of all times sure. ever. And yeah, and I mean, his his 1993 MVP season, I, I don't think should be discounted for anything because I think the Phoenix Suns that year gave the Bulls out of those two three-peat titles. That was probably the best NBA Finals series out of all of those. And, you know, he was, you know, he he's just a great player. But to say that Shaq, the most dominant player, the most dominant center and possible player for the 13th, for, you know, his first 12, we'll say 12 to 13 years in the league was insane. I mean, no one could stop Shaq. No one could stop him at all, regardless if you have Kobe Bryant on a team or, and you, and you gotta, we, we talked, we just talked about this. You gotta have a second player. Mm-hmm. Okay. You gotta have the second banana. Okay. And, I feel that Charles Barkley's angry because he never had that guy. Right. Barkley had plenty of bananas. No, no. Barkley had Pippin. Barkley had Olajuwon. Drexler. (laughs) Barkley Barkley had a lot of bananas. Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley. If we're we're talking Phoenix Barkley, sure, I'll give you that. 
But if we're talking Barkley's career, Barkley had great chances. Barkley was part of, on paper, very good teams. He was. He was. But I don't think any of those guys on the Phoenix Suns were better than Scottie Pippen <laughs> or Kyrie Irving. Right. And I'm, sure. I'm, talking, I'm talking to you, Kevin Johnson. I'm talking to you, Danny Manning. I am talking to you, Dan Marley. <laughs> you know, Dan Marley's I, sitting there like, I'm listening to you, Sean Mackey. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I and, and I, I understand that's what gives Chuck his his chip on his shoulder. I mean, he, he didn't have he didn't have players. He had good players. He had good players. He had great players. You know, but they weren't as great as some of the ones that Shaq played with, Kobe Bryant being, you know, a top five ever NBA player and, you know, Dwayne Wade being one of the best shooting guards of all time. And and of, and of course Rick Fox. And Alonzo. God damn it, Sean. <laughs> Antoine Walker, Derek Anderson, where are you? Horace Grant. <laughs> I'm going to pretend you guys aren't insulting Anthony Hardaway here, and I'm going to walk away. The ghost of Ron Harper. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't win a title with Hardaway. I know, yeah. but he was great. I know, I know, I know. I know. But yeah, I, what, what do you guys think about that, Tim? Uh, um... It's not the first time this year alone we've seen this to like to kind of get into a similar debate. If you remember um, when LeBron had the press conference where he said we need an effing playmaker, um, that was the first time I think we've censored ourselves on our show. I'm, gl- I'm glad to carry the wave that flag. But that was good. <laughs> um, you know they ha- they got into it a bit because Barkley called him whiny, ignorant, you know, rude, and like you know a baby and stuff like that. And Shaq kind of defended LeBron there and said. Dude, they're trying to go back-to-back. You never did that. He's like, Kenny did it. I did it. You don't know what that's like. And Charles got defensive then and was like, you know, he has all these great players that teamed up with him. And Shaq brought up that point of that Houston team and said, this is coming from the guy who teamed up with Scottie Pippen, Clyde Drexler, and Akeem Olajuwon. And Barkley's comment was kind of similar to if Chris Paul and the Super Friends joined forces in the Clippers. If Yeah, but we were all in our mid-30s, and we were out of shape at that point. But if I remember correctly, that one year that those four were together, they were pretty damn good. Um, so that, you know, this happens often. Uh, sometimes it does get personal with those two. And sometimes even Kenny Smith gets involved in the personal parts of it. But I think that, you know, it's one of those things, like Sean said, Barkley will always have to carry that on his shoulder of, you know, I did great things, but I never won a title. Alan Iverson, the same person where MVP, you know, one of the best individual seasons ever where he literally carried a team to the finals with 65-year-old Dikembe Mutombo playing center and 12-year-old Aaron McKee in that reference. Um, and, you know, you know, made that team look good. Like, he made Eric Snow look like he was awesome. So, um, Allen Iverson, Charles Barkley, those guys are forever going to have to carry that. And I don't blame them when they get frustrated when people bring up those points. And I kind of feel like Barkley and Shaq have become inside the NBA, or really just the NBA in general, is like grumpy old men. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they both are of similar stature. I mean, granted, Shaq is much taller. But, I mean, they're both kind of similar size, played a, kind of a, in a way like similar styles. But I, I feel like the argument that I, I've always heard against Shaq, because I always like to argue I'm, I'm a pro-Shaq guy in terms of his contribution to the league. But I've talked to a handful of people who have said all Shaq did was be large and dunk. Which is not true. Right, I mean Shaq. Shaq had that size, but that foot speed, and I think Shaq was pretty versatile. You know, under the rim. Once you brought him out a few feet, yeah, his his, his abilities kind of dwindled a little. But I mean, the same argument can be made. Like we rattle off people who haven't won a title, which I believe was episode two or three. If you right. go to or three dot net slash podcast or iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, uh, where you know you've also got like Carl Malone, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with Shaq and Barkley, though, it's they're very different personalities. They're very kind of similar players. One just happens in the scope of their career happened to be a bit more successful than the other. And I, I think Barkley comes from a much more old-timer standpoint where it is like the league was tougher. They played more physically. We're talking post, you know, or pre-Malice in the Palace era NBA. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. where Shaq kind of comes from both both realms. So he played through the transition of the league and, and to where, you know, you get like a softer league and stuff like that. And yeah, it still does get harder because especially the older you get. So I, I think we're not going to stop seeing these two 
argue anytime soon, but uh, I definitely think Shaq brings a lot of, you know, a lot of merit and a lot of, you know, points to the conversation. I wish that they would just come together and talk about the time they won a gold medal together and how good that team was in 96 that won the Olympics with Pippen also, and just let it be kumbaya. (laughs) Right. And, I mean, it also kind of goes back to what we were saying with the previous topic, too, where that kind of controversy is going to be what creates ratings. Because, like you've said before, Tim, this isn't the first time we've seen this. Right. Yeah, it's not. And, um, you know, it's, like, it's, it's, two, it's two different ends of the spectrum, like you said, too, Alex. So that it's what makes it fun, I guess, for people. I will say this of Inside the NBA compared to just about every other television show, because, like, pregame NFL shows are fucking terrible. Oh, they're brutal. Um, and I think, I mean, I think the same thing for some major league ones, you know, like when they do national, like anytime I have to hear Pete Rose talk, I just get angry. Um, so <laughs> your, your hate for him runs so deep. Oh God. Yes, it does. Oh. But, um, I was, it always looks like he shit his pants. Right. Exactly. But, but that's his MO, you know, he did that even when he was a player. <laughs> right. Every photo of Pete Rose, Google, Google image search Pete Rose in every single photo. You could easily accuse him of having shit his pants. Exactly. It's true. It's I true. will say it's that in, inside the NBA, Hashtag I still shit think, <laughs> I'll take that personal and run with that for sure. Um, <laughs> I've been trying. I think inside the NBA, honestly, is a really good pregame show compared to everyone else. Um, I think that, you know, those four guys, and even when they do, like, the Players Club on Monday nights, what they were doing with, like, guys like Chris Webber yeah. and Isaiah... And yeah. Those are really good. And Baron Davis, those are really they, good segments. They have they have they have great chemistry. They have just fantastic chemistry. And while we're on the topic of this, I would like to say that I saw a bit uh, a few weeks ago on the jump with Stephen Jackson and Paul Pierce. We need to get Stephen Jackson on TV more. Agreed. Agreed. He, He's fantastic. He is good, man. <laughs> because he just says what he wants, and he goes. He's just like he's just like I ain't here to make any friends. <laughs> Are you talking about? Um, is that the bit where he talks? They ask him about the mouse in the palace, and they actually were like, "What did our test say to you in the locker room?" And it was something where it's like, "Shit, that's crazy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and just going back to Barkley, the last thing I really want to touch on with it, uh, um, you know, before we wrap up and everything. Is is that Barkley has always been a comically honest commentator? Correct, correct. Uh, I mean, I always go back to one of my favorite quotes from him is when uh, Carlos Boozer got snubbed from an All Star game, and Barkley on air called Carlos Boozer an idiot. <laughs> and it's I, I've always wanted to try and find that clip if somebody I, has it. Like I, I totally forgot about that because we we yeah. quoted that all the time. Yeah, we quoted it every time Carlos Boozer put shoe polish on his head. That's got to be up there with Derek Rose's I'm not a fan of Aladdin, right? That well, that that, that I made up. Made up. That was completely made up. But yeah, that, that, that was a, that was a, that was totally a, just a quote that sounded too almost too real. But uh, no, like Boozer was on the Jazz, and he's like, yeah, I feel like I should. It was really kind of like the the emergence of Boozer as a, as a possible All Star player, and he said, you know, like I kind of feel you know snubbed. And Barkley during a halftime of a game said. Carlos Boozer is an idiot. He plays for the Utah Jazz. <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he's he's honest to a fault because now he's it's kind of stopped being funny and he's started to almost seem out of touch. Yes. And I, I think Shaq kind of brings that grounded approach, you know. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, can I touch on one more thing before we wrap, though? Are we are we doing hashtag Tim talks? Do you want to? We can go, we can knock it out here. I mean, if we want to make this Tim, I don't know. I'm I'm still trying to work out where that's going to fit. Right. So <laughs> take. So guys, got to touch on one last thing where we get your opinion on real quick. So there's potential talks of a certain point guard coach reunion and free agency this year. And, oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> and you, oh, we damn well know where this is going, being the team that we root for. So there have been discussions ongoing about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Not only moving on from potentially trying to move Chris Dunn, but also potentially moving on from Ricky Rubio for, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, 
Derek Rose and a, t- a Derek Rose Tibbs reunion is in discussions. If you remember, guys, this was talked about the trade deadline, the deal that almost happened, and the Knicks backed out the last minute when the Wolves were offering a decent, pretty decent group, including Ricky Rubio. So, do you guys even care anymore to see Rick to see Tibbs and Derek Rose back together? It's 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 interesting <laughs> because I mean we're looking at Derek Rose's you know first time in his career he's going to be a free agent. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think from that aspect, it's, it's newsworthy because this is kind of the first time where he's gotten a say and where he's going to be going, you know? And the other thing is Tibbs has a history of knowing what he's doing. Uh, I think as long as he doesn't, you know, try and play him like 41, 42 minutes a game in classic Tibbs fashion, if you do make him like, he, if, if they do it, He's going to have to share the load with somebody. And, like, even if he starts, I'm saying you cap Rose at 25 minutes a game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because he is a health liability. Yeah. And then. I, I, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're good. I was just going to go to my last, uh, my loser of this, my, the true loser of the playoff segment. But go ahead and finish up what you're saying. Uh, all I was going to say is he, he's, a, he's, you know, a liability on defense, he's a liability health wise. Uh, but Tibbs seems pretty keen on trying to get some of his dudes back in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, so more power to him if that's what he wants to do. But if if that's what they, if that's the route they want to take, I don't see any. It's it's low risk. I mean, moderate reward is where I would put it. Yeah, Sean, you had a big emphatic no. Is that is that your only comment on? Do you want to add any more to that? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's fine with me. And guys, now. I'm going to go ahead and say that the true losers of the NBA playoff seasons, uh, postseason are the Indiana Pacers because after they got swept by the Cleveland Cavaliers, as we talked about, Larry Bird decided he didn't want to do it anymore as far as team, team president. He stepped down. And Paul George does not make all NBA, which means there is a the chances of Paul George being in another place next year just went up even more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Lillard's already wanting him in Portland. The Lakers, I mean, he's obviously, Paul George's apparently talked privately about wanting to play for the Lakers. Uh, just to kind of touch on the all-NBA team real fast. Uh, just all-NBA first, second, and third team here. I, I did want to make a point to highlight, kind of going back to trying to compare eras and, and things. How deep is the NBA talent pool? to where a season that, like, Damian Lillard has or Paul George has or Gordon Hayward has doesn't even get them on any three All-NBA teams. Are we going to continue to snub Carl Anthony Towns? Like, is that just not? Is that just going to keep happening? God, he was great this year, wasn't he? Yes. I, I don't discount awesome. that. I, and I think his time will most certainly come. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because... Yeah, I mean that that's he's one maybe two seasons away from being second or third team, you know. But I, I know we I, I hear a lot of people always be like, Oh, the NBA was better in the nineties or it was better in the eighties and right. No it wasn't. No, it wasn't at all. The the game has never been this more global. We've never had this just depth of of talent uh through all thirty teams. And I think if you if somebody who said that would just, you know, look at a fucking stat sheet every now and then, they would see how dumb they sound when they say that stuff. <laughs> and I just wanted to touch on that because when you have a season like Lillard or Hayward or George or anybody else who just kind of got like these, you know, off of off of the rails votes, you know, into and not into the teams, you know, it's it's crazy mm-hmm. to think that the talent pool is that deep in the NBA that all stars don't make a roster of 15. Yeah, man. I'll ask you this. With the season DeMarcus Cousins had, if he wasn't traded, if he finished your Sacramento, do you think he makes All-NBA? I don't think this season, solely because no. I, I think right now DeMarcus Cousins is still kind of viewed as like a stain Yeah. to a lot of teams. I, I think there is a bit of like, not favoritism per se, but I definitely think that if you are a bit of a problem player or an attitude issue uh, for an organization, I think there is a chance you are far less likely to get what you should deserve at the end of a season in terms of recognition. That's fair. Sean, anything you want to toss in on that? 
Tim? Um, I, I think we're good, now, man. All right. Well, that wraps up the Corner 3 podcast, episode number 40. Again, it does post every Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, which means start every single Friday, we're like Sean John, and we've got that right temperature to keep you safe from the storm. And not quite unlike <laughs> Sean John, clearly I don't know how weather works. So if you like that, you can go to thecorner3.net, listen to any other episodes we've posted. Uh, Tim, Sean, it's been a pleasure. Sean, have a good Good sabbatical from the show. Enjoy your time. Enjoy Mexico. Hold it down, boys. Hold it down. Oh, oh. Uh, real fast. Are you taking her last name? Are you guys going to swap last names? No, we're Is not. That how this we're, works? No, we're not. We're not doing that. <laughs> okay, you're not doing like a last name trade. No, no, I've never actually heard of anyone doing that. That sounds kind of crazy. Okay, so if, is it like an old school? How many, how many ships is your family getting, or is her family getting in exchange for <laughs> you marrying her? Ships? Yes, I, in terms of like, because uh, I mean, obviously uh, this is a property exchange. Uh, I, I, I think those, those terms were, were, settled, were settled in private, so I, I'm not really sure. I, I can't give you those numbers, Alex, but okay. uh, you know, I'll try to let hope. you know if it, if, it ever, if it ever leaks out. I hope it was a mighty fleet, Tim. <laughs> Sean, Sean, yes, we, we, need yes. your fi- we need your finals prediction before we close since you won't be here next week. Okay, well, only game three. Game three will happen when I am back. So we will be, the next time I'm back, we will, we will be discussing game three while it is on. So uh, I, I'm going to say, as of right now, uh, ooh, I don't know, man. That's, it's so <laughs> tough. It's going to be a good series, right? Yes, it's gonna be Hope a great. So. It's gonna be a great series. I don't know. I don't know. This. I think this is the year, though, that uh, LeBron proves that he's number two. Yep. Okay. Like completely, completely proves it. There's no doubt in my mind. But because uh, if he's able to knock off this Warriors team, congratulations. But of course, if the the Warriors lose, I also feel like it's because they have a crappy bench. So. <laughs> There's my, there's always always got an excuse. There I am. All right, secondary prediction: Does LeBron average a LeBron during the finals? Yes. Yes. All right. Twenty-seven, seven, and seven. You heard it. Okay. All right, well, gentlemen. Until next week. Hail Hayward. Shout out to Sean Kemp, episode forty. <laughs> <laughs>